I think like this year we'll probably pass 15 and maybe a bit more if we are lucky. And next year, mm. I think we'll definitely pass like 20. That's at least the, the plan. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Amir Sali Offended. She is views life differently ever since his family fled war-torn Bosnia for Denmark, and he began to see the world becoming truly borderless. That worldview influences his mission to change the future of work as founder and CEO of Doist, a fully distributed bootstrapped company that creates productivity tools used by over 13 million people globally. Amir, you ready to take us to the top? Let's let's do this. Yeah, I'm All excited. Right. So if folks have not heard, it's doist.com, doist.com. What are you guys doing? What's your average customer uh, using you for? Yeah, so we have like a task management app, one of the most popular to-do apps called Todoist. And then we have also recently, like some years ago, actually uh, launched uh, a team communication app, asynchronous team communication app called Twist. So basically Todoist and Twist are are our core products. Yeah. So, So give us the backstory. When did you launch Doist? What year? Yeah, I mean, uh, I launched it for my own usage in 2007. So, you know, I just created like a, a my my background is development. So I created a to-do list and then I kind of stick to it and uh, coded on it for many years. And then I actually like co-founded a social network in between. And then this social network didn't really work out. So I went back and worked on my to-do list. Yeah. So What, so right when, now, what years did you work on the social network? From like 2007 to 2010. Yeah. Okay. And then, so this was sort of a side project in your evenings. And then after 2010, you shut the network down and you said, I'm gonna go back on Doist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just like my passion project and most developers kind of start with a to-do list. Not many continue doing that for like over 10 years. (laughs) So that's basically what what I have done. Yeah. So what year did you get your first paying customer in? Uh, On the first year, actually, like in the first couple of months, because like I was doing this on the side and I didn't want to pay for the like server costs. So I just like, you know, let's just make the reminders uh, a paid feature. But was this 2007 or 2010? Yeah. Uh, 2007. Yeah. Okay. So who, who was it? Do you remember how you, where you found your first customer? I had a popular blog. So I was a blogger, you know, and uh, yeah. So basically most of the first customer were via my blog. Uh, so what was the blog URL? Uh, amix.dk yeah 
it's kind of like uh, some of the stuff I'm not really super proud of because like sometimes I would just like drink and then come <laughs> home and write something stupid. <laughs> okay, wait. So it's yeah. a, it's a it's a m i x dot d x. Uh, Amix dot dk. So finish uh, uh, like a. Uh, uh, the main name yeah can you can you send that to me on the chat here on riverside i'd love to i'd love to check that out as we're chatting so okay so you you use that community blog uh, to get it going and then after that um help me understand today how people are using the tool uh, and maybe start with sort of what they're paying on average or you it's, you strike me as a low arpu high volume no touch play is that accurate yeah, I mean, we have like hundreds of thousands of customers and most of them pay like, you know, the lifetime value is like, uh, I would say uh, about like 100 or something like that. So it's like mm-hmm. very, very low. Uh, but we have like a lot of volume. And honestly, like we still lack kind of like the multiplayer aspect. Um, so we have kind of like figured out like the single player mode because today's is used a lot by individuals. And I think like when we actually figure out like the multiplayer mode and... Uh, then I think the magic will happen because we mm-hmm. basically have like millions of active users, you know, using this. Uh, yeah. Well, so let me let me so let me break all that down though. So instead of giving me a lifetime value number, when people sign up for Doist, what do they pay you per month on average? It's like five or six bucks. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's like a freemium model. So we have a very powerful free version, and then we have a like premium version uh, that's uh, I think uh, it's like five dollars uh, per month, and then like if you pay yearly, it's four. Yeah. So okay. It's, like, it's very low. Yeah. So there's only one pricing plan. Everyone pays five bucks a month. Yeah. We also have like to do this uh, for business, but it's kind of like, I mean, it's a huge hack actually. Like, uh, like we kind of like, it was an afterthought <laughs> and then we are kind of like trying to improve that now, but we have basically created this, like, I think we spent three months and it basically had generated like 30% or more of our revenues uh, for many years now. And we have not really improved it. So you your know, enterprise kind of, like, tool. I mean, it's not really enterprise tool. It's basically like if you want to buy premium for your your employees, then you would use to this for business. Yeah. So. And what what do you charge for that? Um, it's a bit. It's a dollar higher. So uh, yeah. Um, so it's like about forty nine dollars per per uh, per year, or like five or six dollars per month. Yeah. Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm actually not like we have updated our pricing maybe a year ago. So. It's something in that range, yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. I'm just trying to, so I want to understand the story here. So basically between 2007 and 2019, you only had one price point. It was five bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. like I said this initially, like very low price point and basically all the other competitors copied this or like, uh, so I kind of like, because we were like one of the first uh, online to do apps and we basically set the price point and everybody's kind of have the same price point. And mm-hmm. I don't think like they were probably like, what does this charge? And then they basically like uh, do a uh, price similar to us. So let's so go back to the, let's go back to the customer growth story. So you use your blog to get your first customer. What year did you pass to hundred customers? Do you remember? I mean, honestly, like, you know, it was a side project for me. So I didn't really care about the numbers like um, that much. I basically care like, is this actually covering the server cost? And it actually made some profit, but it was like, a few thousand bucks uh, per month, maybe. Um, yeah, so it was like very, very like small scale in the beginning. No, because, I, 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 under- yeah. I understand that though, but do you remember what year, even as a side project, what year you passed sort of 100 or 200 customers? 
I did that like I think in the first like six months because I already had like a lot of like um like traction or like people were really excited about this. So mm-hmm. a lot of them just paid. Uh, so by the end of 2007, what you're saying is this was generating a couple thousand dollars per month in profit and you had over 200 customers. Yeah. 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 Something That's great. Like that, yeah. And you still, was it you on the team or were there multiple people? I mean, it's just me. Yeah. So I did the, the support, the marketing, the design, the development, everything. You're <laughs> one man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One man machines. So when did you hire your first employee? In 2011. Yeah. So like four years in. Okay. And how many people did you have at the end of 2011? I mean, once I kind of like went full time on this, I kind of began to hire more rapidly. Uh, so right now, like we are about, uh, I think, 85 people, maybe 90, uh, because we are we are hiring more now. Uh, how many? Initially... Uh, most are engineers, so like probably 50 engineers. Uh, okay. We don't have any salespeople. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. But do you remember, because you're 90 people today, 50 engineers. Back in 2012, do you remember what the team size was at the end of the year? Uh, it's a very good um, question. I mean, initially, like we actually ramped up. So I probably hired maybe five to 10 people initially. And then we kind of like integrated those people in and then, uh, we created like mobile apps, like native mobile apps. And then after that, we hire a bunch of more. And then we kind of struggled uh, for a bit to kind of... Which, what year was the mobile apps? Uh, it's probably like 2013 or 14. Yeah. So we were actually very late to the market with the... But you launched the Doist mobile app in 2013. Uh, yeah. To Doist um, mobile apps, native mobile apps in 2013. Uh, maybe and you said you struggled. What do you, what do you mean by struggled? I mean, we basically hired more people and we didn't really become more productive. We actually became less productive because mm-hmm. we didn't really have the, have the structure in place to actually make people productive. Mm-hmm. So what was the team size? Let's just go to 2015. Um, like I think probably we, we ramped up to like about 40 or 50 people and that's where we actually struggled to kind of like uh, I, I think actually we, we got a lot less productive than when we were like 10 or 20. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And are you measuring that off like, like revenue per employee or something like that? Uh, I mean, just like shipping, like we didn't ship anything. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, like we struggle a lot to ship uh, between probably like 2015 and maybe 16 and 70. So it's only like in the last two years that we actually like, reset this and began to ship and, and, and change stuff. Also something noise like there was a lot of like legacy crap because I basically did this at a side project, you know? So a lot of the choices that I made in initially weren't really the smartest ones. Uh, yeah. So between 2015 and 2018, you guys were really paralyzed really because you were rewriting the code base to take out technical debt. And just in 2018, you started shipping again. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, the right way. And also just like creating the structure and like, uh, you know, like getting people productive, uh, like also like we like we experiment a lot uh, and questioned. <laughs> so like we also had like a, a, a you know a, like a, a love affair with like no hierarchy, and that didn't like <laughs> don't try that. <laughs> like it's not didn't really work. Worked, uh, yeah, it didn't work that well. Yeah. 
And, and so let's keep going down the customer. We understand sort of the team struggles and growth. Well, let's go back to sort of customers. So 200 customers in 2007, your first year, you know, it's a side project. You're making a couple grand a month in profits. You're covering your AWS or your server spend, et cetera, if that was even around back then. When did you pass, when did you pass, you know, your first, you know, 10,000 customers? What year? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like um, the thing to note is like we never actually celebrated any of the milestones. Uh, so even right now, like when we pass like one million or ten million in ARR, like it's kind of like not really um, something that we celebrate a lot. And the same thing like with customer numbers, it's like I really didn't track that much, uh, and I didn't really care that much about it. Uh, so I think like it's kind of like very different from most of other. Uh, like uh, founders that kind of are like hawks, you know, on the numbers. I was. Well, I think guy. just I think just because you don't celebrate something doesn't mean that it's not important to document your story, right? As a business case study for future, which is what I'm trying to do. So I totally get it wasn't a focus, and you didn't pop champagne and wine bottles. Uh, but general, I mean, do, do, some general customer numbers in terms of as you were growing would be helpful, especially if you're in the hundreds of thousands right now. I mean, do you remember the year you were around ten thousand? Yeah, I mean, uh, something that really accelerated a lot our, our growth was basically the native mobile apps. So probably I would say that like the, you know, because if you look at our growth curve, it's based like almost flat from like uh, when it's kind of a side project for me. And then when we begin to ramp up, it's kind of like the, the native mobile apps, like hiring the team. And that's where also like the whole, like most of the customer growth comes in as well. Yeah. So do you think you passed 10,000 customers in 2015? I, I we passed that before, probably like 2012 or 13, like when we, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, and then the mobile app goes live in 2015. So the mobile app then gets adopted 2015, 2016, 2017. Man, do you do you remember? You know, when did you pass 100,000 customers? Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could actually maybe look that up, but <laughs> uh, I know you don't know them by heart because you guys don't celebrate them, uh, which is fine. I'm just looking for. I mean, are we talking like 2015 or 2018? Yeah, I can, I can look this up. Uh, so okay. Let me actually try to to do that. Okay, great. Um, and so, and we'll we'll sort of keep chatting as you're doing that. So, so oh, you're sure. building, <laughs> you're building, you're building Duist again. Launched in 2007 as a side project. You're scaling. You hired some people uh, and started scaling really in 2015. And you started shipping things like the mobile application, which helped drive a lot of growth, even as you were dealing with a lot of technical debt. You've done all this bootstrapped, correct? Yeah, yeah. We didn't raise any money, and we still have not raised any money. Wait. Love that, which means you're profitable, correct? You're not burning cash. I mean, we have actually been profitable, like from like more all years. Yeah. Now, are you? I mean, when you say profitable, are you basically at break even? You reinvest everything, or you as founder helping create like personal wealth because you're really pro like twenty, thirty percent EBITDA margins per month. I mean, the thing is, like uh, the the general strategy has been to kind of like reinvest everything. Uh, back to the company i have of course like taken some money off uh, the yep. table over the years but it's not like you know i'm not dhh that kind of like you know <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you still own do you still own 100% of the company uh i like we are actually like rolling out the like employee stock options right now but like i, I own most of it and the the employees will own in the end i think 25% that's at least 35 35% and 25% Oh, 25. Okay, that's great. And you just set up that 25% kind of employee option pool this year in 2020? Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, like some, uh, like, yeah, 
that's basically it, yeah. And why did you decide this year was the right year to do that? I mean, honestly, like I think, um, I mean, I was kind of like against this, you know, like the bootstrapping, especially like if you like hear the base camp guys, like equity has no value and stuff like that. But it's kind of bullshit because like <laughs> equity is like if you want to get wealthy, you know, it's true equity. Uh, and I think it's kind of like a way to align people as well uh, on just like building something bigger and also just to reward people like there has like some a lot of actually of our team have been we do this for like over five years. And yeah, um, you know, I don't really think it's like fair for myself only to make myself like wealthy. I also want to to do the same thing for, for other people. No, it makes a lot of sense. Do you have that customer number up? What year was, did you guys pass 10, uh, 100,000? Um, I, I don't actually, but I mean, I would probably say like 2015 or 16 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. And do you, I mean, do you have eyes on passing a million paid customers or is that really going to be a stretch in the next year or two? I mean, the thing is basically like we want to pass like 100 million in revenues uh, in the next five years or like it's right now probably more like uh, four and a half years. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of like the, the goal. And it's basically like finding out like the strategy to, to achieve that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And what are you at right now in terms of revenue? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think like this year we'll probably pass 15 and maybe a bit more if we are lucky. And next year, mm-hmm. I think we'll definitely pass like 20. That's at least the, the plan. No. Depending you, on like how what What did you finish 2019 with? I think it's about, uh, yeah, I'm actually not 100%, but probably around 10. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So you basically have grown over the past 12 months from a $10 million run rate to a $14 million run rate bootstrapped. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but- you need to be on the cover of like the Wall Street Journal and TechCrunch. The bootstrap, you know, good growth. This is how you build a, a SaaS company that actually generates real wealth. Uh, yeah, yeah. But honestly, like, I think like the opportunity is huge in this market that we're in. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that the opportunity is much bigger than, than, than that. What year did you pass a million dollar run rate? Do you remember? I mean, here's the thing. It's kind of like, uh, like I said, like we don't actually track, uh, oh, like, but come on, Amir, like a million, I, I get you don't <laughs> track it. I understand you don't track it, but that's like a big number. Yeah. I actually like, I think we probably passed that. Probably like in, you know, I would just like, I'm actually unsure, 2015 maybe. But like the thing is like, we didn't like, I didn't even notice that because totally. I was not really focused on on, on the number. This is, uh, this is crazy. This, this is what's interesting to me though. You launched 2007 as a side project. You are slugging basically, even though you had another social network, you are slugging for basically eight years to get your first million bucks in revenue. And then over the past four years, you've basically 14x that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's impressive to me. I think that's a very interesting story. So, so, um, and and you said you have about two hundred thousand customers today. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we probably have more than that. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I guess the, what I'm going down here in the line of questioning is how many freezers do you like? What's your average conversion rate from free to paid? I mean, honestly, like the market that we're in is like brutal. You know, it's kind of like con- con- consumer, uh, like it's almost like consumer. Um, so both like the conversion rate and retention rate are really, really bad <laughs> because, um, you know, it's just the market you're part. So I would probably say like a few percentage we convert from free to, to paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. And also like the, the retention isn't as great as like if you actually had like, you know, businesses or enterprises using your product. Yeah. It, it sounds like your growth, because you told me earlier, lifetime value was about a hundred bucks. So if people are paying five bucks a month, that means it's 20 months of lifetime value, which means your revenue, your, your churn annually, what is something like 70%? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you, each yeah. month, what, how many customers do you churn? I, I don't know, actually. Yeah. So well, how do you how do you know that churn is bad then if you don't know what the number is? I mean, I know that the churn is bad, like compared to the benchmark. But honestly, like, I don't really care that much. Like, there's some people inside a company that care more about this than me. Like, uh, um, yeah. So, Why don't you care about uh, churn? Don't you, uh, don't you want you work so hard to get customers? Don't you want them to fall in love with your product and use it forever? I do, but I think like there's a lot of like focus on the numbers and you know the dashboards and stuff like that. And honestly, like, yeah. Well, like, I mean, ignore the number. <laughs> ignore the number. Yeah. You yeah. put your life into yeah, building a great I, I, tool. Don't you want people to use it forever? Ignore what the actual CAC and LTV and churn ARPU numbers are. Don't you want people using it for a long time? Doesn't it upset you when people churn because they're they're basically killing your baby? I don't really feel like that. It's I kind of feel like I'm creating a tool and if people, you know, find it useful, they find it useful. If they don't, you know, they have other tools they can use. So that's kind of like a very, you know, uh, uh, Zen-like uh, philosophy. And I think like it makes me like sleep much better at night than kind of like, you know, um, like dreaming about or like nightmaring about bad churn. What do you, what's the plan for the next year? What are you most excited about? I mean, we really want to tackle like the the collaboration space, adding like proper multiplayer sharing um, and twist. Like we also have a really great ideas for asynchronous communication. Um, so all of these, like you know, uh, I think actually will be kind of like like just increasing our lifetime value a lot, usefulness as well. Because honestly, like creating a tool that is mostly for individuals is brutal. Like. If you're doing anything like that's not something I can recommend <laughs> doing because uh, you have like very hard time to actually keep users uh, because you don't have like a natural way to bring them back. Like with collaboration, it's much, much easier. And your whole team, by the way, we should point to that as fully remote, correct? You have no office? Yeah, yeah. we have been remote since day one. Yeah, we, I love that. Now, so, so on Twist real quick, you said you'll break about 14 million revenue this year. Is any of that revenue coming from Twist or is it almost doest? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Twist is also like a, a freaking like slugfest, you know, like most companies would have given up by now. Um, uh, and it's like really, really brutal market as well. There's a lot of competition, uh, but I really believe like in the asynchronous way. So I would probably say that, um, yeah, probably like maybe 600,000 um, or, or maybe even more, uh, like yearly. So it's like very small compared to today's. Very good. Uh, but yeah. If someone approached, I know you want to break a hundred million in revenue, Amir, but if someone came to you like Monday uh, or one of these bigger companies and said, Hey, we want to buy the company for $200 million, all cash up front. Do you sell the company? I would say, fuck you. <laughs> to, there's no, even to, to any number you'd say, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, I have already like declined. You know, a, like I don't even like entertain that uh, those ideas. What's the largest offer you declined? I, I mean, I, I don't even go into them. So, like, if somebody like uh, sends me an email and they're interested, like, I just ignore it. 
or like I have like a template that I send them back. But no one's put a number in front of you? Uh, no, because I, I I don't even like entertain like the, the idea of going because like I don't actually, why would I want to sell like this? You know, it's kind of like my life's work. So yep. on that, on that note, Amir, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite book? Uh, yeah. Um, so I would probably like recommend let my people go surfing by the Patagonia founder. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I really like love the podcast invest like the best. I'm unsure if uh, your listeners know it, but I would, and there's like a lot of uh, people. Is, there, is there a like, CEO you're following though, a specific one? I mean, I really like the uh, Toby Lutke from Shopify. His interview there is like amazing. Uh, yeah. So probably that, and maybe also the, the Stripe founders. Uh, Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Yeah. I would probably say like Git, uh, you know, and like Git uh, workflow. So we have basically like a handbook that's kind of like uh, versioned and, and lives on GitHub, but you can also use like GitLab. And that is like very, very powerful because you can kind of like do the development aspects, but to like knowledge base of your company. Amir, number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Um I'm not a great sleeper. It just, you know, it's not really because I, I, I work a lot, uh, but I probably get maybe seven hours per sleep. And what's your situation? Six, seven hours. Married, single kids? Oh, I'm married with, with two kids. Two kids. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm uh, 35. 35. Yeah. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, yeah. S- something, Yeah. Um, that you can probably do anything that you actually like want to do. So, you know, I, I think like there's so much freedom and a lot of people think there's like limits and, and I don't really believe in that. Guys, doist.com, a multi-million user productivity tool has passed $14 million in terms of run rate up from 10 million last year. But this all started back in 2007 as a side project where he hit his first 200 customers, was profitable from day one. They've bootstrapped the company today, also now launching Twist, which is a new product line doing $600,000 a year in revenue. He says, absolutely no interest in selling. Amir, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you for having me.